Good morning, ICFROM family from around the world, all the nations represented here on campus and online. Pastor Jennifer here today to say thank you so much for the ways that you have sown into the ministry so we can touch people like the Gideons who distribute Bibles and Pastor Benson who has a church outside of Rome and um, many of the international and Italian missionaries as well that we support. Thank you for that. And so today, as Alex brings us a powerful word, I want you to lean in. I want you to say, God, I want to sow into the soil whatever you need me to sow so that I can reap a blessing from God, from heaven that can flow to me and through me, right? If you're on chat, say to me and through me. If you're in house, say amen, Pastor Jen. And I want you to know that next Sunday, November 28th, we are going to have the water baptism service. This pool is going to be set up here on campus. We've got classes online, and I want you to know, I want you to plug in. You're going to get a free I Believe t-shirt. You're going to get all the details at the Welcome Center if you're here on campus. It is a blessed time to be walking with Jesus, and I want you to know that. I love you. I'm so thankful that we have amazing people that can give us the word of God like Alex will do today. And I will see you next Sunday, both here on campus and online. I love you. Now let's receive from the Lord. So on behalf of Pastor Jennifer, I just want to welcome you all to today's service. And we are talking about being ready for the blessing. So I'll say a short prayer and then we go right into the word. Are you ready? Okay. Father Lord, I commit today's service into your hands, Lord. I pray that the hearts of people will be open and they will understand your word and your blessings will manifest in their life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Are you ready for blessings? So how many of you know of the company Apple? Apple, iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch. Good, good, good. So in 1976, there was a man called Ronald Wayne. He had shares in Apple. Actually, he's a co-founder of Apple, um, together with Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs. I'm sure some of you probably might have heard of the Steves. And this man sold his shares for $800. And guess how much the shares are estimated now? If he held on to that shares, that shares right now will be around $95 billion. $95 billion with a B, Okay. But he gave it out because at the time, things didn't look promising. He didn't see where the company was going. And after a few, a few days, he just sold his shares. And he was supposed to be an advisor because he was older than, than the other two founders. How many of us let go of our blessings because we're trying to find other ways to make things work? How many of us do that? And that brings me to my first point of today, hold on to God's promises. And I'm going to talk about a story in Genesis about Jacob. I'm sure most of you have heard about Jacob. We've heard about Jacob and Esau and how he took his, his brother Esau's blessings with food the first time. And then the second time, he took his blessings again with food. He went to their father, who was visually impaired as at the time, and he pretended as if he was Esau. And then he got the blessings that were supposed to be given to Esau. Now let's read what happens in, in Genesis chapter 28, because his brother Esau was very angry with him, and his parents told 
Jacob that he has to leave because the brother was angry. They didn't want anything to happen. So they asked him to leave for two reasons, to escape the fury of the brother and then also to find himself a wife. The father advised him to go back to where his mother comes from, his mother Rebecca. So he told him, go back to your uncle's house and find yourself a wife. So let's read what happens here. So Genesis 28, I'm going to read from verse 10 to 15. It says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Now let's listen to the last part. He said, I will not leave you until I've done what I promised you. I think Jacob took this quite literally, and we'll see when he wrestles with the angel of God. Now, this story doesn't end that way. He went on to Haran, where he, if some of you remember, he got married to, to Leah, and then later got married to Rachel. It took him 14 years to get married to Leah and Rachel, and within all this time period, he was serving his father-in-law, who also happened to be his uncle. He was serving faithfully. He did what he was supposed to do because that was where he was at the, at, the, at the time. And this was 14 years after his dream. This was 14 years after he had received the promise. And then, fast forward, 20 years after, he felt like he was being treated unfairly. So God came to him again and God told him, now you have your wife, now you have your children, I want you to leave and I want you to go where I will show you to go. Go back to where you come from. So if you, and thanks to the Power Bible, I was able to look at the map and see where he came from. Where he had the dream was called Bethel. He named the place Bethel, which means the house of God. And then he moved to Haran and he came back all the way down, going back to Beersheba. And let's see what happens in Genesis chapter 32 from verse 22 to 26. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of Jabok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But what did Jacob say? I will not let you go unless you bless me. That's why I said I think he took this quite literally. Because God told him, I'm, going, I'm not going to leave you until I bless you. And here Jacob was with the angel and then he said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And if you check where this happened, it's very close to where he had the dream. He named this place Peniel to, to mean the face of God. 
but you, you understand what Jacob was going through. Even after 20 years, he still held on to the promise that was given to him. He still believed that God's word is true and is going to happen in his life. So how do we prepare ourselves for the blessing of God? Because I don't know what promise you have. I don't know what promise you've been holding on to. But I want you to hold on to God's promise because his words are true. Amen? God's words are true. It always comes to pass. So how do we prepare ourselves for the blessings of God? We need to grow to make ourselves ready for the blessing. Now, when we, when we come to Christ, a lot of us, when we come to Christ, we hear this popular scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says that, therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are passed away. All things have become new. How do we explain this part of the Bible? It says that if anyone be in Christ, it means that if you s- accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you become a new creature. You become renewed. You become reborn with the Holy Spirit. And the old things, your previous moral and your spiritual condition is no more. It has passed away. And behold, all things become new. You have a new spiritual awakening to bring a new life. When you accept Jesus Christ, your age doesn't change, right? Some, some people accept Christ at age 50. Some people at age 30. And then we say you are a newborn, you, you, are, you, are, you are born again. What does it mean to be born again? Because I'm still 50, I'm still 30. It's not the physical, it's the spiritual, because you are born again in the spiritual. And then as a born again, you have to feed yourself to be able to grow, Amen. So you see, when your life begins as a baby, you do not have many food options, do you? As a baby, you don't have many food options. You start with milk, and then gradually you move on to some baby foods and, and formulas, and, and then you can have, you can have solids. And, and church, I, I have a confession. Are you ready? I love baby food. Is there, is there any adult here who also loves baby food? Good, 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 good. Thank you. God bless you. And if you are watching us online and you love, you love baby food as well, just type in the chat so we know you love baby food. But for us adults who love baby food, I pray for, for God's mercy on our children. <laughs> Amen. So, you see, even as, as, a baby, you can't, you, you, as a baby, you can't eat anything at all you want, right? And baby food may be delicious, but then it can't sustain an adult's body, right? That's why as adults, we don't eat baby food. And what happens is that we start eating heavier food when we cross infancy. You cannot feed a baby bistecca, right? You can love pasta. Pasta can be your favorite. You know, you, I, I love carbonara, but you can't feed your baby carbonara. Why? Because your baby does not have what it takes to process carbonara. Matter of fact, the American Academy of Pediatricians says that they recommend that for the first six months of the child of a baby, you, sh- you, should, you should give the baby exclusively, feed the baby milk exclusively. There are, some, there are some of us who start after four months, but usually six months you should feed them, baby, you should, you should feed them milk, right? And I can see that, you know, the mothers understand what I'm talking about, yeah? And, and the fathers are confused. They, 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 are wondering, they are wondering what I'm saying, but Lord have mercy on the fathers. 
So now let us see, and this is what science says about a baby and food, right? Let's see what the Bible says about being a spiritual baby. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, and there's a word here I want you to take note of, and that was the Greek word that was used, nepios. As long as the heir is a nepios, he does not differ at all from a slave, other context, say, from a born servant, although he is owner of everything. Although he is owner of everything, he does not differ from a born servant because he can't use what he has. Let's see what 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2 says. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, as infants in Christ. I give you milk, not solid food. For you were not yet ready for solid food. In fact, you are still not ready. And then let's see what Hebrews also says. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12 to 13. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to reteach you the basic principles of God's word. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the, to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant, for he is a nepios. The word comes again. So today I want to, to, to say to everyone, refuse to be a nephew. Say, I refuse to be a nephew. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, I refuse to be a nephew. Yes, and, and I wanted, I wanted to, to have a, a, a picture of baby Cherry because uh, Cherry, our media team captain, today happens to be her birthday. And yes, but, but she still gave us another cute picture, so that's fine. We will accept that. So you have to refuse to be a nephews because, you see, uh, our, our, our bodies were not created to be babies forever. Physically, we are, not, we are not created to be babies forever. And that's the same way spiritually, you are not created to be a baby forever. It's not good for you to be a nephews forever. Let's see what First Peter 2.2 says. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Crave milk so that by it you don't stay there as a baby. Crave milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Amen. So how do we transition from infancy, right? How do we move from being a nephews to a higher level? What we have to do is to obey God and his word in all things we do. Amen. And to do this, you must be able to spend a lot of time in the Word. You must be able to read your Bible so that you will understand what God is saying to you, so that you understand what God is expecting you to do. And it's good for you to pray. That way you can have communication with God. Now let's see what James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25 says. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intensely to the perfect law, the perfect law being the Bible, the word of God, whoever looks intensely to the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Amen. 
they will be blessed in what they do. So the more time you spend in the word and in prayer, the more you grow. That's the, that's the secret. That's how you grow. And just as I mentioned, you, you definitely were not created to be a baby. So all of us, once upon a time, were babies, right? But we are no longer babies. Well, we do have some babies here, but they don't understand what I'm saying. So. But we, we were not created to, to remain babies. So you are not supposed to be a spiritual baby forever. And now let's assume something. Let's assume money is not a problem. You know, I'm not saying money is not a problem for everyone. But let's assume money is not a problem and you can afford anything, anything. And your child asks for a motorcycle. Let's say we are in Rome. So let's say your child asks for a red Vespa. Would you buy it for your child? An actual motorcycle. I'm, I'm asking, would you buy an actual motor? No. Why? You wouldn't buy that for your child. Probably not. Maybe you buy a toy, a toy Vespa, but not an actual motor. Because you believe that the child is not old enough to be able to, to manage the labyrinth of, of cars and, and motorcycles and pedestrians in real life. You don't believe that your child will be able to do that. Matter of fact, you probably don't even believe that your child will understand the road regulations. Or you probably don't think your child is old enough to be able to do it. And that's the same way this applies to our real life. You see, our God is our provider. He can do anything and everything. But the limitation of the blessing is not because of his ability, but it's because of your readiness for the blessing. I'll repeat that again. The limitation of the blessing is not because of God's ability, but it's because of your readiness for the blessings. You see, David was anointed as future king by Samuel when he was a teenager, but he didn't become king until after 15 years later. Not because God didn't have the power to make him king, but because David wasn't ready to be king. So today I... I Bring, I, I would like the worship team to, to come help us close. But I would like to say, are you ready for your blessings? Are you ready for your blessings? Yes. And I have a prayer for all of us. This prayer was written by Paul while he was in prison. And scholars believe while he was in prison in Rome. So this message is for us. This message is for God's people. And I want this to be our closing prayer for today. If we may all rise to our feet, I want you to believe in this prayer because, as I said, this prayer was for us. It was true then and it's still true now. Shall we close our eyes? For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, 
To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's welcome the worship team to help us close with a song. And I want to say a big thank you to all our viewers online. Thank you for joining us. And I pray that you join us again next week. Hallelujah. Isn't God's word amazing? I'm quite sure that there's something that you heard today that pierced your heart or your mind and you said, I need to make a decision. So I invite you even now to pray with me that the Lord would come into every aspect of your heart, every chamber, every hidden corner. Will you pray it with me today? Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life. Take every corner of my heart. I give it all to you. Forgive me of all the things that separate me from you. Help me to walk towards the path of righteousness with God. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for Jesus. With God's help, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, I want you to send me an email. We have prayer teams. We have people that participate in welcoming newcomers to the family of God. So will you send me an email and let me know, Pastor Jen, I prayed that prayer today. I also want you to know that if you have a need, whatever it might be, we're praying that the miracles of God would overflow in your life. And in the process of the miracle, whatever that looks like, every day you will say, Lord, I trust you. I'm ready to be in the process of my miracle. And I know that you're with me, Lord. I also want to say thank you for being a part of ICF Rome Online. Thank you for your generous donations and giving. You're giving to the Lord's work. You're giving to the ministries that are like today, touching you when you can't be with us physically. But more importantly, I want you to know that every day our prayers are with you. We are thankful that we are part of this really great international family of God at ICF Rome. And I pray that you have an amazing, blessed week.